entrepreneurship is literally like you're running around trying to put out fires. Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, welcome to the show, the CEO and co-founder at Hydro Jug, Hayden Wadsworth. Hayden, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot for having me. Happy to be here. Oh, absolutely. I probably confused you because I'll tell everybody I screwed up the first intro and, you know, I'll just, I'll admit it. And I uh, went a lot shorter on this one and I I got Hayden off guard probably. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was ready to listen a little bit longer, but no worries. All right. So for those that are uh, unaware, can you just give us a quick backstory about the product that you guys are bringing to market over there at Hydro Jug? Yeah, for sure. We sell a half gallon water bottle uh, along with like accessories. Our our main focus, uh, our primary focus was to help um, people drink more water and live healthier lifestyles. It has kind of evolved over time and as the company and the culture has grown. But yeah, that's that's our like kind of core um, product right now. We do have a lot in development, but... Awesome, yeah. Uh, I we we spoke a few weeks ago on a pre-call, and uh, you were telling me about all the exciting stuff. So um, I, maybe we'll get there on this call. Who knows? Um, so take me back to the beginning of kind of your entrepreneurial journey into e-commerce. Um, uh, Where did the idea come from? Kind of what was top of mind? How did you guys get into you know launching the brand? So I think I was always engaged in in wanting to start uh, a business of some sort. It didn't really. It didn't necessarily matter like what it was. I, I I wanted it to be a brand. I didn't want to just um, drop drop ship something or, or sell a, a product on on Amazon. I wanted it to be an actual brand. I built a few different websites, uh, I, and then I'd run into some some kind of issue, and it just seemed like I always had these these roadblocks of of not doing them. Uh, one day I, w- I was watching a, a YouTube video and um, the, it was a fitness influencer and they were at the grocery store getting ready for a fitness competition and they were complaining about all the jugs that were there on the shelf. And I just thought to myself like, hey, nobody is really making like a quality water jug uh, on the market. So like, why don't I do this? And um, I mean, there were obviously like steps in, in between like that idea and actually like creating it, but that's kind of what stemmed everything and, and, and kind of kicked everything off. And then from there, it was just like customer feedback. Like, does this, does this bottle like have a problem with like condensation? Like does it have a straw, things like that. And that's how we got into like the other accessories and, and products along with it. So that's, that's what kicked off the original idea for actual hydro jug. But as far as e-commerce goes, I, I was always interested and in around like e-commerce. So now, did you you said that you didn't want to do Amazon or kind of any, any of the drop shipping stuff? Did you did you dabble in that and kind of realize it wasn't for you? No, I think just from research. So one of my big things is being able to like consume as much information as possible. So whether that's like books, podcasts, audiobooks, like no matter what I'm doing, I'm trying to consume information and learn and I uh, YouTube videos from people that have done it before. And I think. Um, I think that was one of the big things is I wanted to create like a a brand and like big value behind it. Not just like, Hey, this is like as much revenue as I can drive. And if I ever did choose to sell, I get like a 
like that's how much it sells for. Whereas if you create a brand, you're going to get a like an exponential value on that brand. So absolutely, uh, and and I just think I talk about this often on here is it, books and and you know consuming content. Uh, you know, depending on where you get it from, but most of the time it's just a shortcut to get to where you need to be, uh, and it cuts out a lot of the kind of uh iteration and like learning curve that there is to like whatever the thing is um what are uh, what are some of the books looking back on it when you were first getting started that were like definitely worth it at, after you got through it yeah so and just something to add to your point and i i really liked what you said as far as like th- there's so much information out there and not all of it is good and and a lot of entrepreneurs like they they speak in such like a, a matter of fact way, and they have been successful. And I ca- I found myself doing this is like they say something, and I'm like, okay, that that's how I have to do it, and that's not the case. There there's not like with entrepreneurship and, and building brands and stuff. There's not like a one size fits all. There's a lot of different ways to achieve goals. Some might be faster and and more efficient than others, but there's not a one size fits all. And just because it was true in one scenario and worked for one person doesn't mean it'll always work in another. So you have to be very good at not only consuming the information, but filtering the information and understanding what applies to you in your scenario and the situation that you're in. So I, I always like to kind of preface like the things I say um, with kind of that like disclaimer, you know, so. Uh, absolutely. Context matters so much. And I, um, I see some entrepreneurs, uh, just kind of going down the wrong path of like the type of content they're consuming versus the type of product they want to bring to market. Like oftentimes I'm like, it doesn't matter how all these SaaS brands built their business really because SaaS is a completely different monster than like trying to build a brand like on Shopify. Like those are two different styles of business. Absolutely. Um and so it, it context does matter in that regard. Um but uh I mean back to the the first question, uh you know, does any any particular book stand out to you? Yeah. And, and sorry to sidetrack. I think the the, oh, the okay. most impactful book um on on like my entrepreneurial journey has been Principles um by Ray Dalio. That that one what like that was almost like a pivotal moment in in like my entrepreneurial like path because I've never done this before I I don't have a huge network of people that have I mean I, I've made more of a constant effort to to do that but like that that book just gave me so much um, information and great value on the things that I needed to do to create like a good foundation for my business and, and the 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 principles that I should have like inside a hydro truck. Again, I, I pick and chose like which ones were good for me, but principles by Ray Dalio for sure. And then Adam Grant just came out with a new book that I really liked. It is called Think Again, which it's basically um just almost no thoughts that you have or assumptions you have are safe. Like don't don't ever like close your mind off to new ideas and and be very like open-minded. So those two books um, have been really big in, in my entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. Uh, I haven't read Principles. I've heard good things about it. Um, but it kind of... Re- from what I've heard, it kind of reminds me of uh, Traction by Gino Wickman, which is kind of where our agency took like a turn. Mm. It was like, oh, wait. Now, now we get what we need to be doing here. Yeah. And it was more about just the clarity of uh, honestly running a business 
until you think about like there's there's a way to literally structure how your business runs outside of like the individual channels like a marketing or procurement or fulfillment like there's like there should be a structure to the decision making within your organization uh and we didn't have that for the longest time we were kind of just you know and it's it's definitely what separates young businesses not even brands just like young businesses to the from the more mature ones that kind of have their their act together is like they have this process for identifying what's important and what they don't need to worry about. Yeah. hundred percent. What you said, that one was called traction. Yeah. Yeah. That one's a pretty good one. I'll have to look into that one. I haven't, I haven't read that one. So. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of them out there and it's funny. The more you get kind of down this business book rabbit hole, you see just so many parallels between like whatever they're naming uh, mm-hmm. kind of their framework, the way that they yeah. operate stuff and all the, all the principles, uh, you know, are kind of just reiterated over and over again. And then it starts to really drive the point home to you're like, all right, well, if these half a dozen people are kind of saying the same thing, like I, re- I we should probably investigate how to kind of put these things into our business. Yep. Absolutely. So um, going back to kind of getting things started, um, where, like, where did it kind of just click? Was there like a moment in time when you're like, all right, we're onto something here. Uh, this is, this is, this is different than the last kind of, th- ideas that we had? Um, I think when we started investing like heavier in, in, in Facebook ads, uh, we started on Pinterest ads. Uh, we were getting like better results. So we, we kind of started on Pinterest and then they changed some stuff and we weren't getting as good results, which pushed, pushed us onto uh, Facebook. So, but like, as soon as we saw that, like we were really able to scale quickly. So the first year we only worked with influencers. Like that's, that's all we did. And all of our deals were commission based. So we were really able to like grow the business and and put everything back in because basically we had terms with like everyone we worked with, we would get sales and then we just had to pay out a portion of those sales. Nothing was up front or anything like that. Um, and then in our second year we started running more paid advertising and, um, I remember a big milestone for us was like $1,600 a day. And I was like, this is, this is, this could be like a great side hustle, you know, and, and, and work, um, work for me, like with what I was going. Cause I, I was on like my career path and things were going well. So, and that's what it was at the time. And then, um, yeah, it just it scaled from there. Since we started on that kind of paid media route, we saw a great return. We saw traction, we we could sign more deals like and it just kind of grew from there. Uh I, I so I want to talk about um scaling a business with paid media. Now there you know there's a, a bunch of KPIs that people will throw at you, a bunch of metrics. What was your guys' true north with it with, with scaling through paid ads? Like what were you guys what were you kind of more focused on? AOV. So the the thing is is like we were selling a $20 water bottle. And when you, you're, uh, and I guess that's average order value, just to clarify for anybody, but um, like you're selling a $20 water bottle, like you can barely pay to acquire a customer. So we, we would uh, come up with ways to bundle products and really just upsell. So like we used bold upsells on Shopify for like that um, time. And now we, we have everything that we've kind of just built in house, but we use uh, and then we use their bundle builder too. So we would really um, push bundles, and, and we would uh, have them at like a discount. So if you were going to buy like two jugs and a sleeve, or a jug and two sleeves and a straw, you got like fifteen percent off. You know, but now people 
are spending $40 and $45. And of course, like that's where we put our free shipping is kind of where we wanted our AOV to be. And then now we can pay a lot more to acquire an, a customer. And it worked for us because our product is, I mean, in, in hard goods, you have, you obviously have like that margin built in there. So, um, but being able to find our sweet spot, like here is our cost to acquire a customer. What does our AOV need to be? And then incentivizing the, um, the traffic that we were driving to, to meet that is what really enabled us to scale quick. All right. You just literally wrote like, that's the playbook right there. And it's often, I think that people are chasing ROAS too much and they're kind of, you know, that's important, but it's also like what you said is like, you can manipulate AOV probably a lot easier than you can manipulate how cheaply Facebook is going to send you traffic. Oh, we have zero control over Facebook's algorithm (laughs) and like Apple's iOS 14. Like we, we can't control that, you know? So yeah. So I guess what I wanted to highlight here is when people are like, uh, you got to look at the whole picture and like the, the KPIs that matters, like your conversion rate, your average order value, like those are a lot more crucial to the, like the cost of the traffic. Like there, you can only optimize it so much. Yep. And then it's, it's let Facebook do its thing. Like the algorithm is way smarter than any media buyer you're ever going to hire. Yep. You know, you're not going to stumble upon some, some guy or gal that's just outperforms everyone else unless you kind of like, change your offer. You know what I mean? A more appealing offer is going to get more people to convert. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, and there are other things that we've like discovered along the way, like the more that we can, I mean, we sell a water bottle, like that's not a consumable good. Like how, how do we get people to come back to like we, we face that and how do we build our product strategy to make sure that people come back? And then now you're talking about customer lifetime value and once you establish that and understand what that is, now you can pay even more for a customer, you know, like where you're like, we can make offers and break even on this initial offer if they're going to come back and, and what is our returning customer rate and what is our customer lifetime value. So, but I will say very early on, um, one of my friends from like elementary school, he, he did all of our media buying and I mean, he, he was early in his career. So like, he also learned a lot with us, but super smart. And he, he helped build this, like this strategy. So in no way can I take all the credit for this, but like, these are things like it was early on. It was like me, my brother, him, and two other guys like in the warehouse. So that was essentially it. Like we started with like really good e-commerce, like fundamentals and, and paid media. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, maybe Electric Eye can help. Our team has helped our clients generate millions of dollars in additional revenue through our unique brand scaling framework. You can learn more about our agency at electriceye.io. That's E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Y-E.io. Mesa is the easiest way to integrate any top e-commerce app or service with your online store. Designed exclusively for Shopify and Shopify Plus, Mesa's automated workflows can get back your time spent on repetitive tasks while growing your business at the same time. Join other merchants that have embraced the simplicity of Mesa's no-code approach to building workflows. You can create new ways to improve customer engagement, encourage repeat purchases without lifting a finger, reduce manual data entry, and more through a simple point-and-click interface. And with Black Friday Cyber Monday planning around the corner, now is the time to ask the question, is my online store prepared? 
Optimizing every step in the shopping experience is the only way to create a lifelong customer. Get Mesa and capitalize on one of the biggest e-commerce events of the year. Search Mesa in the Shopify app store and download the app today. Our partner Rewind can protect your Shopify store with automated backups of your most important data. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Trusted by over 80,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like Gymshark, Gatorade, and Movement Watches. Best of all, merchants like you can get one month of automated Shopify backups for free by visiting rewind.io slash honest. That's R-E-W-I-N-D dot I-O slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Hey everybody, do you want to win back valuable lost time for your support team? Gorgeous has machine learning functionality that takes the pressure off small support teams and gives them the tools to manage a large number of inquiries at scale, especially during the holiday season. Gorgeous combines all your different communication channels like email, SMS, social media, live chat, and even phone into one platform and gives you an organized view of all of your customer inquiries. Their powerful functionality can save your support team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. They have allowed online merchants to close tickets faster than ever with the help of pre-written responses integrated with customer data to increase the overall efficiency of customer support. Their built-in automations also free up time for support agents to give better answers to complex product-related questions, providing next-level support, which helps increase sales, brand loyalty, and recognition. Eric Brandholtz, the founder of Beard Brand, says, We're a seven-figure business, and we have essentially one person on customer support and experience. It's impossible to do it without tools like Gorgeous to help us innovate. Learn how to level up your customer support by speaking to their team here. Visit gorgeous.grsm.io slash honest. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot G-R-S-M dot I-O slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Businesses are the most successful when they own their own data, customer relationships, and their growth. That's why more than 50,000 e-commerce brands, big and small, trust Klaviyo to deliver their ideal customer experience. Klaviyo is the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for online brands of all kinds and all sizes. With email automation, SMS marketing, list growth tools, and more, you'll get everything you need to build strong relationships that keep your customers coming back. If you're tired of relying too heavily on paid advertising or third-party marketplaces for your sales success, you're not alone. It's time to take back control of the customer experience. More and more online businesses are moving to Klaviyo to grow higher value customer relationships through personalized email and SMS marketing. And the results are staggering. Ready to drive future sales and higher customer lifetime value with a marketing platform built for your long-term growth? You should get a free trial of Clavio over at clavio.com slash honest. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Now, uh, we're talking about some big wins that you had had historically. You know, Is there anything that stands out to you that's on the other side of the coin that you kind of want to help people avoid? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's tough because it's like, where do I even start? Like entrepreneurship is literally like you're running around trying to put out fires, you know, and some are bigger than others. I'm trying to think like early on some of kind of the bigger mistakes. I, I mean, qual- quality, product quality issues were huge. Like I, I think it took us like a year to get like 
most of the issues hammered out with like our suppliers. So I think early on is, is, is knowing like who those people are that can solve like the problems. Cause not everyone is going to experience like issues with like hard goods, which are more complicated than like soft goods or like if you're selling like a service or anything like that, but finding an expert like in that field and, and growing your network and understanding like who can solve that problem. Cause I didn't even know who to go to. Like, I didn't know like that you could go to like an industrial engineer and they would like mess with the tooling and how the ports worked and all these different things to solve the quality issues that I had. But if I would have networked a little bit more and understood, like found someone who'd done it and been able to reach out to a freelancer or something, it would have saved me a lot of time and a lot of headache. But I mean, there was a shipment. Our first issue was the seals on the bottles weren't working. So like everyone's bottles were leaking. So we got a bigger seal in our next bottles, but it, it was airtight. And in the shipment, it, um, it pressurized because of the changes in elevation. And we opened up, like we ordered a container of product and we started opening up and every bottle, like the lid was literally blown off from the pressurized. So we, there would be like three bottles in a box that weren't and you'd open it and it sounded like you were opening like a soda because they were pressurized. So literally like we, we, it was our second order and we got, we have a whole container of bottles that don't have functional lids on them. So one of the, one of the big issues, um, and I guess losses in the beginning, but, um, yeah, I mean, you just hit the ground running and figure out how to solve them. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of, I, I, you just, you answered the question, honestly, from the get-go. You're just like, where do I begin? It's entrepreneurship. Like, you know, it's, it's two steps forward, one step back. That's kind of just the career path. Uh, you know, that's the trajectory of, of any business out there. Um, so let's fast forward uh, more to like now. Um, you know, what's, what's different now versus when you started the business? You know, how, how are you kind of acquiring the customers? How are you running things? Uh, you know, I guess just like for a, a simple question, you know, like what's working now? Um, just from like kind of like a paid media perspective. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the most of the comments I get are chased like, you're doing great at this, but we want to know more specific tactics. Obviously, context mm-hmm. matters, but you know, anything that you can share there. Yeah. So, I mean, like the same. Like we're running the exact same like principles as far as like paid media goes. I I think another big principle that I've learned is like there there really aren't like a ton of secrets out there. Like there's nobody is like doing these these special things that it's magic, right? Like there's these there are good fundamentals e-commerce practices. Um, If you want to know how to do them, get on Amazon's app. I mean they are the gold standard of e-commerce. And if we, you you can learn a lot from benchmarking. Um, but yeah, we, we practice those same things. We have tools on our website. Like we've created a tool called like the hydro viewer where people can go in and, and they customize like, or they can see like, here's your bottle, here's your sleeve. This is what it'll look like. And they get like that experience of switching them out. And then it's like add to cart, like getting started, like kind of bundle people spend time on that it helps our seo ranking it helps our conversion rate um we can send up a bunch of like email flows after that so there's certain tools and like certain things that you can do to to get smart with it but like the same good sound principles like fundamentals still apply to it like you want a good aov you want people spending time on your website you want good returning customer rate good conversion rate like 
how would you set up your UI and UX to, to create that experience and a good conversion rate? Um, I don't really, I don't really have any, any, any secrets outside of that. But I mean, if you have like a specific question, I, I, I'm happy to like go into it. Like if, if, if you had a comment that someone was like, Hey, I want to know this, I, I'm sure I could go more into it. I just don't, I, I need a little more direction. Oh, you know, absolutely. Well, I, you, 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 you touched on something earlier and I guess I'll, I'll ask it more directly now is you said you uh, were, you were using uh, bold upsell and the bold bundle builder back in the day. What prompted you to switch to a more custom solution? Um, so I think first being able to like having the means to be, to be able to switch um, and, and then just it's, it's the customer experience. So we want everything to be on brand. We want everything to just be focused around that customer and, and how they interact with, with things like there were limitations with the bold app. It worked great, you know, um, but there were limitations. And just as we've scaled, like we've, we've ran into those like, Hey, we, we need bundles to work and be discounted. But if we have a site-wide sell going, we don't want that site-wide sell being stacked with the discount people get with bundles. Right. So we've had to, we've kind of been forced into like custom building a lot of the experiences on our website, but yeah, I think that's the biggest push for what was the biggest push for us to, to switch. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with, uh, you know, the, the solutions exist and they do work. Uh, but you hit a certain tipping point where your customer experience becomes more valuable than mm -hmm. the investment it will take to build it out. I guess. Yeah. And I mean, Shopify apps are great in general. Like the, the people that are building them, they're very smart and they're e-commerce driven minds. So like um, everything, like the email marketing softwares are great. Their automations are great. Um, S, like the SMS softwares, great. Like everyone should be using those affiliate program apps. And um, uh, what was the next one I was going to say? Like loyalty. And, and like reviews, like all of these things like are just plugins. Um, some of them are more expensive than others, but like those are like kind of the fundamentals I was referring to. Like if you're going to be spending a lot of money on that top funnel on Facebook, like you need to have these good fundamentals in place and make sure that you're using those, those, um, those apps to, to capitalize on it, you know? Absolutely. Um, I got one more question for you before we go today, and, it, okay. and it's like if you could, if you had to go back to the beginning, or if you had if you had advice for someone uh, that's listening now that's about to get started, what would that be? One of the things that probably helped us is we, we put everything, and we, and it feels like we still do. Like I, I worked my full time job for um, I think the first two, like two and a half years of the business. So like I had income, um, my brother, he had a job, like he wasn't all in on this. We hired my buddy that did the paid media as a contractor in the beginning. So, and he was working on it on the side. So like we weren't a burden to the business, right? Like the business could grow, like we could put all of the money back in and reinvest it. And I think it's tempting. Like there are times the first time you see like a, a big sum of money or like your, your company all of a sudden has traction, you're doing X amount of money. You're like, man, like a sports car looks good or like whatever it is, but your focus needs to be like your business and, and it needs it, especially in the first five years. I mean, maybe even longer, like the business needs, um, like the, I mean, cash is the lifeblood, like it, it needs it. And if you take it out, like, and you're going to go in and have a salary, even if your salary is like a 
modest salary, like that's a burden on the business. So I think that's a, a piece that really helped us in the beginning and, and helped us be able to get to where we could have a salary from the business. And it's still, in my opinion, like a very modest salary. Um, like we want to make sure the business comes first, the health of the business comes first. And, and whether that's working your full-time job or your part-time job or working on the weekends, whatever it is, like make sure that business comes first and that you're putting the money back in to, to make sure that it's sustainable and, and that it'll grow. Yeah, that's, that's, it's amazing advice. And once you get further into kind of the e-commerce kind of business life cycle, you know, in my opinion, it's like zero to 1 million is kind of like that startup phase. You're still figuring stuff out. One to 10 is, you know, you're in scaling, but once you get more to that kind of eight figures, it's, it's definitely more about, uh, managing your cash flow. Honestly, it just mm-hmm. becomes, it becomes a, you know, not a shell game that's legal, but <laughs> it's definitely, uh, you have to just know your numbers and it, it, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. And just a little background on me. Like I, my, I did accounting in my undergrad. So like I had, and by no means am I an accountant, but like I can understand like financials and, and, and Shopify has a like really basic course on like understanding financials and how to invest and stuff like that. Like the basics, like I feel like that's a super important piece in that stage of like making sure that you last or like you get to that 1 million and you can make it to that 10 million. Cause I mean, if you're in a product-based business, like just imagine the investment you need for inventory to get from 1 million to 10 million. I mean, that's a ton of money. And if it's not there, I mean, you can't grow. Like that's a huge constraint. So, but yeah, I mean, formalizing everything, building out like the models and and that becomes a big piece of the business kind of once you, like you said, once you get into that eight figures stuff. So. Awesome. Now, uh, for for people that are interested in picking up the product and checking it out, uh, where should they head to kind of do that? Yeah. So um, the hydrojug.com. They can, I mean, we're, we're available on like a few different channels, but like the best deals, um, the bulk of the product is just available direct on our website. Awesome. Anything you want to leave the listeners with today? Thanks a lot for, for, for having me on the show. Like I, I really enjoy this stuff. I really like helping and like sharing the things that I've learned to help hopefully help others avoid the pitfalls that I had. So yeah, I think, I mean, thanks a lot. Oh no, it was a pleasure having you and I'm sure I'll have you back in a couple months. We'll, we'll drill down into something else. Awesome. All right. I can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own business. You can find all the links in the show notes. Make sure you head over to honestecommerce.co to check out all of the other amazing content that we have. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review. And obviously, if you're thinking about growing your business, check out our agency at electriceye.io. Until next time.